Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. When I was growing up, guys, as a kid, I know that was a long time ago, but when I was growing up, one of my favorite things to do was to wake up early on a Saturday morning and watch cartoons. Now, I used to love to do that. I mean, seriously, that would be... So all week long, no no lie, I would struggle to get up for school, okay? It would take two or three, hey, get up, get up. Come Saturday morning, uh-uh. I would be up in front of the TV watching the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. Now, some of you go, I remember that. Some of you in here going, what are you talking about? But here's the point, right? Here's the point. I remember sitting in front of, and I'd watch that ride, and 6 o'clock, it's still dark, and I'd always have a bowl of cereal in my hand. That's the first thing I'd go to, a bowl of cereal. Some of you are nodding. You can remember that, right? I'm taking you back down memory lane. That was for me, right? Now, here's the thing. I, I get it. Okay, Tim, I get it. The kids, right? The kids don't get up early anymore to watch. They have YouTube. They have the internet. They don't do what we used to do. We didn't have any of that. All we had was Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner. And there you are, right? And the house is dark, the TV's on, and there you are eating, right? And, and again, I, I get it. But the one thing that never changed, no matter, I'm not going to tell you how many years ago, don't look at me that way, was the advertisements, right? Right? They always gave the advertisements. Now, listen, here's the thing. That hasn't stopped. Because I've got a six-year-old granddaughter fixing to be seven, and she knows the toys she wants by what she watches on the internet, on YouTube, on whatever else. Grandpa, I want this. How did you know about this? And so I'm going broke based upon what she wants. I understand that. The advertisement haven't changed. Well, anyways, the reason I'm telling you this is because there was a commercial about a cereal, you guys remember this, that a silly rabbit would often try to steal, okay? And the problem was, is this rabbit, he, he had white floppy ears, and, and he would scheme, and he would try to trick the kids just to eat his cereal. Often, more times than not, he got caught, right? Do you guys remember that? And the punchline was, silly rabbit, Tricks are for kids. And we would sit there and we'd go that, right? So we, so we knew that, right? And so I remember seeing that and, and, uh, now, the reason I'm telling you this is because as I was sitting there at six o'clock on a Saturday morning, eating my tricks, the last thing I wanted was a silly rabbit to come and steal my cereal. You understand that, right? I didn't want no rabbit to come in and hijack it or, or trick me out of my delicious, should I say nutritious cereal, <laughs> right? You go, Ben, that's all sugar. Hey, that's all right. It was good, okay? It still is. Is this an advertisement for trick? No, 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 no. Here it was. I didn't want some silly rabbit to rip me off of what I had. You guys can, you tracking with that, right? In the same way, concerning the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want a rabbit to rob you of all that God has for you. 
You go, Pastor, what do you mean? See, as humans, we have hope that we long for. Guys, we have peace that we desperately need. There needs to be healing in our hearts, and some of us are actually praying for some physical healings in our lives. We're sick. You see, not to bring up the past so much, but 2020 was not a good year. A lot of our family and friends, well, well, they passed. A lot of our family and friends got sick from this awful, horrible thing that we know as coronavirus or COVID-19. They got sick. It scared us. It really scared us. Well, I don't want some silly rabbit today to rip you off from what God has for you. So today, guys, we are so blessed that we're able to meet in person. We're so blessed that we're able to drive up and come to church. Okay? We're blessed that there are still people online that can watch from home. And of course, you know that we've been teaching on some pretty heavy stuff. But on, and again, Wednesday nights, we're in the book of Revelation. Sunday morning, we're doing this. But, but again, as I began to pray, I felt very strongly in my spirit, the Lord say, preach something that's uplifting, full of hope. That's who Jesus is. He's full of hope. And you came here today looking for a message of hope. That's why we're here. That's why you're listening. A message of hope, a message of peace, a message of encouragement. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, let the people know what the resurrection means to them. Because we don't know. You see, we go through life going, well, I believe Jesus died on the cross. And we go, amen. I believe he was buried, amen. And he resurrected, he's alive, amen. But we don't really understand. We don't understand the power. Here's the first thing. The, the same, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave, do you realize? Lives in you. Let that sink in. That same power, Jesus, yes, Lord, come on, is in us every single day. The enemy has no rights to defeat you. The enemy has no rights to try to trip you up. He has no business in your life because of the resurrection. Right? That was a golf clap, wasn't it? It's like, yay, amen, Jesus, amen. Preach a message. Give them hope. Tell them what that means. So here's what I'm saying, right? So I'm thinking, okay, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. What do you want? Then I'm scrolling, right, through Facebook. Don't judge me. But then I saw a title that said, Silly Rabbit, Easter is for Jesus. And I thought, that's what we're going to preach at. Silly Rabbit, Easter is for Jesus. Now, listen, I'm not the anti-rabbit guy, okay? I'm not sitting here going, I'm anti-eggs and rabbits, and you guys better, you just better not have Easter baskets. I'm not that guy. Go out and have fun. Okay, if you're going to hunt eggs, hunt eggs. If you're going to do whatever you're going to do, amen. I'm not that guy. But what I am saying is Easter right now is not about a rabbit, is it? It's about Jesus. Now, stay with me. Why? Because the Easter bunny has tried for years to hijack Easter. To rob us from the real meaning and the truth of Easter. 
Guys, as believers, we celebrate because God has risen from the dead. Everything else is added bonus. Everything else is amazing. But we celebrate the peace that we have inside is because my Jesus is alive. That's why. That's why. Guys, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Let me just say this, guys. Um, Real hope doesn't come from a bunny. Real hope doesn't come from eggs or baskets. Real hope doesn't come from the one day we celebrate. We, we get our nice Easter clothes. I'm not, not against Easter clothes. Okay? Gotta wear our nice, gotta wear our ties. Gotta wear, I wore a tie last year, didn't wear a tie today. It's alright, it's alright. Listen to me. Real hope, guys, real hope for your tomorrow comes from the one who died for you. And his name is Jesus. So as I was praying, the Lord reminded me to share the blessing of his resurrection. What does it mean? And so with that as our intro, let's say to this year's bunny, silly rabbit, Easter is for Jesus. And as we take a look at the death, burial, and resurrection, let us be reminded and apply the victory we have in Jesus. You with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 and 2. Let's take a look, guys. It says, Moreover, brethren, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. He says, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold fast to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Your attention, please. Look what it says. Paul says, moreover, family. He uses the word brethren because he's telling you family. Hey, guys, listen. He said, I declare to you the gospel. The gospel. Okay? Let's talk about the gospel. You go, why? Because if you're taking note, the gospel means good news. Everybody say good news. Okay? And, and that's okay. But what we really need to understand is Paul's going, hey, I declared the gospel. But you see, listen to me closely, in order for news to be good, it has to invade bad spaces. Okay? I mean, if it's just news, then you kind of go, it's just news, okay? But if it's in, if, if it invades a very dark, bad space, then you go, it's really good news. So Paul says, listen, I declare to you the good news. You go, Ben, could you illustrate that just a moment? That's, I can absolutely. I'm glad you guys asked. The other day, with my wife's cancer, we had to go to the doctor, okay? So we go to the doctor every six months, okay? She has a scan, some type of scan first to make sure that there's nothing in there, and then we go to the doctor, okay? And then the doctor takes the blood work and he tells us. Now, we've been doing this for the last five years. It started with three months and now it's six months and we'll always do this, amen? So we go to the doctor, Tiffany was there. We go to the doctor, okay? And so we're sitting there, and we say hi to Tiffany, and da-da-da-da-da. So we're sitting there, and we're kind of goofing around with our phones and everything, okay, waiting to see the doctor. Now, you guys remember when the freeze was, right? It had pushed everything back, so we're waiting in the room for a, for a long period of time. We're waiting. The problem was is that all of a sudden, Nathalie gets a ping on her phone. She gets a ping on her phone, and, and she looks at it, right, while we're waiting in the... And it said, malignant... Something stage two. 
That was the finding of her skin. We're sitting in the, and we're like this. What, she, what is this? I'm like, I don't know. Is that what I think it is? She goes, yeah, that's, they're saying that. Okay, calm down. So we, Mrs. Martinez, so then we go, right? So we're seeing this on her phone. And we go in there, right? And so the doctor comes in and he's like, oh, how are you guys doing? And we're just like, good. We're waiting for the hammer to fall. Every thought you could imagine went through our mind. We had entered a very, very dark place. We still had the peace of Jesus, but it was dark. And the doctor comes out and, 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 and he goes, and he starts saying this, and they start saying, no, you're, and, and he tells Nathalie, you're fine, you're, you're good. And I looked at him and I said, doctor, did you read the report? Like, I'm literally questioning him. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's healthier than I am. So Nathalie gets down and he goes, well, this is what I just got. And he goes, oh, no, 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 don't worry about that. That's just what we have to put on so I can get the test done. I said, doctor, are you sure? He goes, I am sure. She's 100% good. That was good news. Because in order for news to be good, it had to really invade the dark spaces. You understand that? Well, that's exactly what Paul is telling us, guys. In our lives, okay, before coming to know Jesus, we are in a very dark place. And a lot of times, people around us want to illuminate that, but, but they have a hard time. And Paul says, listen, I'm declaring you the good news because you guys are in a dark place. And that's all of us. Before coming to Jesus, we're all in the waiting room, waiting for the other foot, waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for the bad news. What's the bad news? I don't have a savior. I don't know how to get to heaven. You know what we're waiting on? Let's be honest. We're waiting on our good works that maybe we'll squeak in. Hey, listen, here's what I used to think, guys. I used to think, well, my good definitely outweighs my bad. See, I'm not beating up anybody. I'm not stealing. I'm not, you know, all of that stuff. So my good. So I'm hoping and I would cross everything I had that maybe I would get in. Well, that's what a lot of people, that's a dark spot. That's a dark place. It's a bad place. Let me let you on a little secret. Somebody shared the gospel with me. I was in a very dark place, and I didn't listen. I folded my arms, and I said, you understand. I am such and such religion. That's how I was born. That's where I'm going to die. I'm going to go to that. And I was really prideful because I didn't understand that it wasn't about religion. That it was about Jesus. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's about Jesus. And then God saved me. The scales fell from my eyes. And I, oh! And that's the gospel. And Paul says, that's the gospel. You realize you're in a dark spot. You realize that you're messed up. You realize that you're in and of yourselves, not dwells nothing good. He says, but I got good news. What's the good news? He says, listen. I have good for news, and it's going to invade all of those spaces in your life. Let me take one more step, because this happens to a lot of us, okay? A lot of us are, are, okay, Ben, well, I'm not really in a dark space, but we have a lot of dark spaces in our heart, don't we? It's called guilt. 
the things that we did, the things that we didn't do, the things that we said or the things that we shouldn't have said, we're living in guilt, and we don't know how to reconcile this. Do you realize there's a lot of people struggling in the world because they don't know what to do with their guilt? They've made some horrible bad choices, and now they're living with that each and every day, and they don't know how to process that. And the Lord says, no, 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 there's some stuff in your heart that I want to get rid of. I'll take it. Well, Lord, why would you want my guilt? I'm going to take it. Give me your, give me your heart. Well, Lord, and I'm going, to, I'm going to do this. It's called the great exchange. I'm going to give you a heart that's brand new. What's our question when that, when, right? What's our question when somebody gives us something that we feel like we don't deserve? Why? Well, why? You would, why would you do that for me? Why would you do that, right? Think about it. If we walked out the door and we went to eat or we were doing, and somebody came up to us and goes, here's a $100 bill. Your first question wouldn't be, yes. Well, maybe it would be. But for the most part, it'd be like, why? why? What's, the, what's the catch? Why are you giving me 100 Just because. Come on. What do I have to do? Nothing. That's how we are, guys. That's how we are. And so again, think about it, guys. He says, he says, listen, here's some good news. And he tells the Corinthian church, you guys received it. Yes. You stand on it. Yes. And he says, you are saved by it. So what's the good news? Well, look at verse three. He says, for I delivered to you first of all which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now you're like, wow, that's the gospel. That would be a good place for an amen. But I want you to note something, because we're a Bible teaching church. I want you to see something. You go, what's that? I want you to note that phrase, according to the scriptures. Look at it in your Bible, according to the scriptures. Why? Because you and I will pass over that really easy, because we're thinking that Paul has all the whole, the whole Old Testament and New Testament. He's thinking, okay, according to, yeah. He didn't have, the New Testament wasn't written. It wasn't canonized. So what's he talking about? According to the scriptures, guys, he's going to lead us back to the Old Testament and show us that Jesus was supposed to come. Think about this. Let me give you an example. Let's read it together, guys. Isaiah 53, 5 through 12 says this. But Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Here's the problem. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before the shears is silent. And so he opened not his mouth. Do you see what the, the prophet Isaiah 700 years said? Jesus is going to come and, check this out, he is going to be wounded for your transgressions. Wounds are open. You understand that? That's a wound. It's open. He was wounded for my transgressions. My transgressions mean, here's what it means. It means, oh, I didn't realize I was, wasn't trespassed. I trespassed. I transgressed. I'm not supposed to. Oh, I can't believe this. You understand that? That's external. 
They whipped him. But it also says here, guys, that it was what? That he was bruised. What's a bruise? That's inside. A bruise is inside. When the blood it happens on the inside. He was bruised for our iniquities. What are iniquities? Our iniquities is when you and I know the line. We know it's wrong. And we do it anyway. We know the, we know the price it cost Jesus on the cross. And we do it anyway. Oh, here's the line. He was bruised for that, guys, internally. I mean, I mean, think about this. And then it says, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. Now, everybody takes that verse out of context and uses it as a physical healing. By his stripes we can physically healed. Actually means it's a spiritual healing. By his stripes, that's when we can be saved. That's when we can be saved. Now, another one that Paul says, according to the scriptures, is found in Psalm 1, or Psalm 16, verse 9 through 11. Notice what the psalmist writes. He says, no wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety for you will not leave my soul among the dead. Hallelujah. Or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. The psalmist says, Woo-woo, Jesus, you're not going to just leave me there. Guys, can I just say this to you? Can I stop and give you parentheses right here? So many people are afraid of death. They're so afraid to die. And you know what scares them even more is that it's inevitable. I mean, it's, you know. And so they're afraid. And here the psalmist goes, listen, I'm not going to worry about it. And he's pointing to Jesus. Look at Psalm 68, verse 18, up on the screen. It says, when you ascended to the heights, you led a crowd of captives You received gifts from people, even those who rebelled against you. Hello, that's us. Now the Lord God will live among us there. This is what Paul is referring to. There's many, many more, but Paul says, listen, Jesus, he died. He was buried. He resurrected according to the scriptures. And here he goes, wow, wow, wow. See, this resurrection of Jesus, guys, was taught in the Old Testament. Let that sink in. It was taught. Oh, man, I love the New Testament. I love to hang out with Jesus, but he's also all over the Old Testament. We just have to do some work. We just have to do some work. Now, let me just see. Here's it. You ready? Let this sink in in your head, okay? Jesus Christ... Fully God and fully man, guess what happened? He bankrupted heaven. You understand that? And left his heavenly abode to come to earth and die on the cross for our sins. He was sinless. He died and he was buried. He laid in the tomb for three days. On the third day, he resurrected. You go, what does that mean? It means Jesus 
is alive, and he came walking out of that tomb. Now, let me share a story with you. Before I ever became a Christian, I, they used, we, used to, we used to celebrate, we, used, we all used to celebrate Easter, right? And I don't know if you all know this, but my mom died when I was 18 months old. When I would hear the story of the resurrection and how people were going to come back to life as well, I used to picture that I would be able to go downtown where the Easter egg hunt was, because that's where they had the Easter egg hunt, and I would get to see my mom again. I always pictured that. That's what the resurrection meant to me. And I was just like, okay, well, man, that's cool. I get to see my mom who I've never seen before because she died when I was 18 months. But I get to hunt Easter eggs too, and we're going to see the Easter bunny and all that. And so, and so I saw all of this, but I fully didn't understand what it meant when it said he is risen. So now we have to do some work because there might be people watching online. You might be here going, what does it really mean? What does it really mean? What does the resurrection mean to me? Now, if you're taking note, here's the first thing I want you to jot down. The resurrection means to you that you should no longer be tossed to and fro with every teaching, trickery, or anything else that comes down the line. You realize that the resurrection, Alex, means the Holy Spirit now lives inside you. Now, next week, shameless plug, we're going to look at the third temple going to be built in Israel. But you realize that we're the temple of God right now. And the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, he lives in us. And so Paul says, in writing to the Ephesians, jot this down, chapter 4, 13 and 14 says this, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue, stature of the fullness of Christ. Here's why. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Guys, what did Paul just write to the Ephesian church? The Holy Spirit, because of the resurrection, we should not be tossed to and fro running and being tricked. I know, I know of a dear, sweet old man, 82 years old, I know him, and early in his life, he got caught up with the wrong type of doctrine, and it ruined him. It ruined him for Jesus. You understand? Because I was sitting there the other day, and I was talking to him about, about what was going on in the world, and, and 82 years old, 82 years old, and, and, and he's closer to to death than, than a lot of people. And I know his background a little bit, but he was, he was messed up because of, of wrong teaching. That he, he told me that when he dies, he's just simply going to go to sleep. Uh, no, 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 sir. No, sir. That's not, that's not what's going to happen. Oh, no, no. I, I believe that. I believe that. I'm just going to go into the grave. I'm just going to sleep. That's it. No. You're either going to be with Jesus or you're not. You know eternity is a long time, right? Somehow in our minds, guys, we think that eternity, we think that somehow we're going to, you know, well, I'll just, I'll take my chances, man. I'll just kind of hope. I hope. But we think that and then that we hope that somehow we'll be redeemed. It's not eternity. No, no, no. Eternity, guys, is eternity. 
Where you spend that is up to you. You see, my God said, I've made the perfect way. It's easy peasy. I, I've made it for you. We want to make it hard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In seventh grade, guys, I took, I took uh, intro to Algebra 2, and I made steps that weren't even steps. You know what I'm saying? I made the problem so hard, and my teacher would look at me and goes, oh, you try so hard. It just looked like it needed to be that hard. That's what we do with, with Christianity, don't we? Well, no, you understand. In order for me to be saved, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, and I should look like this, and I should be this, and I should, yeah, that, okay, maybe, then maybe God will accept me. That's not Christianity. Christianity is, guys, if you put your faith and trust in him, in his death, burial, and resurrection, not only do you get heaven, but you get a life here full of peace and joy and love and grace and mercy and blessings. You see, when we think of blessings, so many times we think of blessings as materialistic or financial. Well, God wants to bless me. I'm going to go to my mailbox. Is there a check? Wait a minute. That's not blessings. You know what blessing could be? Blessing could be extra time on earth. Blessing can be just, just whatever it might be for you. You know what blessing is? Peace. Peace in our home. That's blessing. The fact that we have a home. We are so blessed, guys. God loves us so much, he just blesses us. But I don't, I don't want to be tossed to and fro. I don't want to be tossed to and fro from every, from, from the trickery of men. And you know what I say? Silly rabbit Easter's for Jesus. I'm not going to be carried away by, or tricked. You see, in chapter 2, guys, Paul dealt with Christ's crucifixion. But now in chapter 15, he deals with... Now, he's going to talk about two resurrections. I'm not going to go into that, but he's going to talk about two resurrections. He's going to talk about Christ's resurrection, and you realize that you're going to be resurrected as well. That's the beauty of the resurrection. Listen to what Eric Sauer says. Quote, The present age of Easter time, and it begins with the resurrection of the Redeemer... And it ends with their resurrection of the redeemed. That's where it ends. Between lies the spiritual resurrection of those called into life. What did he just say? He said, listen, Easter starts with the resurrection of Jesus. You go, amen. It's going to end with our resurrection. You're going to hear the trumpet. What? We're out of here. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be glorious. The Bible says in a twinkling of an eye, half a blink, we're out of here. But in between, he says, should be those that are called into life. Into life. That's, that's the beauty of it. Okay? So what are some blessings? What are some benefits of these two Easter's? Well, let's look. Okay? Jump over to verse 20 of 1 Corinthians. It says, but in fact, what, Paul? Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the great harvest of all who died. You see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. 
But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Can I get an amen? After that, the end will come. And he will return to the kingdom over to the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all of his enemies beneath his feet. And the, the last enemy will be destroyed is death. For the scripture says, God has put all things under his authority. Of course, when he says it, all things are under his authority. And that does not include God himself, who gave Christ his authority. Then, when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. So, now we got to do some work. You ready? Jot this down. This is the first blessing. Ooh, this is good. You ready? As believers... Because Jesus died, because he resurrected, because we're celebrating today, we don't have to be afraid to die. We don't have to be afraid to die. You don't have to fear it, guys. If you are a born-again believer of Jesus and you die, guess what? Your body's going to be put here on earth. It will make us sad. We will be sad. Because the person that makes you, you won't be here anymore. You understand that? We're sad. I have on my phone a video from really some of the last words that my dad ever said before he departed. And there are times when I leave the church at 6 o'clock and I used to call my dad and we would talk for 10 minutes on the way home. And there are times when you go, I miss that. I miss their voice. Your body stays here. But your spirit goes to be with Jesus. Because the, because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So you're going to be there. You're going to be there. You see, we had a neighbor just about three weeks ago. Take her final breath. This is right across the street. Take her final breath and go be with Jesus. And we were talking about that the other day. And I said, would we wish her back? We would not, right? And even if they said, hey, hey, you have an opportunity to go back to earth. She's going, I don't want to go. I love my family. I miss my grandkids. You guys understand all that. But I'm home. I'm home. How many of you have ever been out on a long trip? You've been on a long trip, and you get home, and, you, and somebody says, hey, you want to go do something? You go, I don't want to go out anymore. I'm home. <laughs> I just want to rest. I'm home. Well, that's how they are. That's how they are. And then one day, guys, the Lord's going to sound the trumpet, and they're going to get a brand new body, one that's not riddled with cancer, one that's not riddled with COVID or emphysema, or anything else. A brand new res that's that's what we get, guys. So we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear death. The one thing that will keep you from living, guys, is the fear of death. You won't go out, you won't do anything, you won't live. And the sad part is you'll exist until you die. That's not how God made us. 
We don't have to fear death. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible actually indicates, too, in the Gospel of John, that when we do take our final breath, the Lord is there with us. Hey, you ready to get out of here? You ready to go? I'm ready, Lord. Let's go. And we don't taste death, guys. We don't taste it. We just simply move. We just simply move. Randy was telling me out there in the foyer, our bodies are getting old. They're not doing what they wanted to do. They're not. Our knees creak, right? They're like, Shh. I mean, stuff hurts for no reason. Ever happened to you? As you get older, you're like, man, my shoulder hurts. What would you do? I don't know. I just woke up, <laughs> right? Stuff happens. You guys know this because you'll go for a walk and your knees won't bend the right way. You'll be just like, whoa, what was that about? Now, you younger folks, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. But it happens. It happens. It happens to all of you. It doesn't happen to me. I'm just kidding. But it happens. But I'm going to be so stoked to get a brand new body. I don't know about you, but I'm asking you today, put your order in early. Tell God what you want. Six foot six. You know what I mean? Tell him what you want. Okay? If you don't like your eye color, yeah, maybe he'll give you a different eye color. I don't know. It's going to be good. Second, second blessing. You ready? We don't have to be afraid to live. What do you mean? Guys, I'm not saying that we, have, we won't have problems or difficulties. We will. Okay? We'll have trials. We'll have tribulations. We'll have storms. We live in a fallen world. But the fact that Jesus rose from the grave means you don't have to live in fear. Amen? So let's chat for a minute, just for a second, okay? Why are so many people afraid to die and they're actually afraid to live? Right? They're living in fear. So I have to ask the question, what is living in fear? Well, listen to this. Fear is a discerning emotion or distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, or pain. Now, catch this. Whether the threat is real or not, it's still a distressing emotion. So you go to somebody who's really not living. They're living in fear. And you go, hey, snap out of it. They can't. We can't just, oh, okay, well, uh, what was, it, guys, it's, it's, it, it's a distressing emotion, but it's aroused by, by, by fear or evil or pain or something's going to happen. You go, well, what does it mean? Well, it, it, it could mean that living in a perpetual state of distressed emotion aroused by the concern of impending evil, danger, or pain. So it's a perpetual thing. You go, well, Ben, I'm not sure what that means. But guys, it means that, that all of a sudden, what is reality and what you perceive as reality are two different things. And guys, think about this. A distressed emotion. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I'm not sure. <sighs> Impending danger. Impending fear. How many of you here like roller coasters? Anybody? Like the big, like we get on, you get on a roller coaster, big ones, like, like I won't, I won't get on a roller coaster. You go, why? Because I have this, in, I, I have this, um, um, this distressed emotion that, that it's going to break when I'm on it. That's just me. Okay. So you go, dude, these, these are safe. These are safety checks. It's not going to break. I promise you. You're safer. It'll break when I'm on it. I'll be stuck up there. That'll kill me. You know what I'm talking about? 
And those of you who ride roller coasters are sitting with your arms crossed going, please, please, come on. It's just a, no, no, no. You see, that's how people are sometimes with life. Am I speaking truth to somebody? Ooh. But you know what? You know what the Bible says? In 1 John chapter 4, 18 and 19 says this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Let me give you the third blessing. Guys, jot this down, okay? That Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And the resurrection proves that. He loves you. Here's our problem. We all have this impending need, need to be loved, to be accepted. That's in us. This, this is what makes us behave the way we do. This is why our young folks and old folks, should I say, go with the wrong crowd. Because we have this deep desire to be loved, to be accepted. Guys, we crave it. Well, Jesus says, listen, if you get nothing else out of this message, you need to know that you are truly loved. And it's a perfect love. Why? Because this is how we do love. You ready? This is how we do love. Well, I love you. I love you too. Really? Prove it. Because I'm afraid that, that if I don't do for you, then you won't love me. And then the enemy took that word loved and he distorted it to where we've had broken hearts because we, we love somebody that broke our heart. And so when God says, I love you, you go, hmm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. How do I really feel loved? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And so we have to fully understand that's what love is, guys, is that he loves you. Why? Because listen to what the Word of God says. For God so loved you. God so loved you that he gave. You said prove it. He proved it. He gave his only begotten son that if you put your faith and trust in him, he will save you. He will love you. He will walk with you. He will he will he will be your your comfort he will be your peace he will be your joy yeah ben but what if life is all messed up yeah life is going to be messed up there's going to be storms there's going to be difficulties that's the benefit that's the blessing of the resurrection he loves you he loves you let me give you the fourth one the fourth blessing of jesus resurrection this is a good one you ready Nothing is too wrong in your life that cannot be righted by the power of God. Nothing is too wrong. Guys, the worst situation on earth can be made right by the power of God. Wow, I love that blessing because I've done a lot of wrong in my life. Not you, you're the pastor. No, for reals. And I love the fact that I don't have to answer for my past. I messed up. I've done dumb stuff. I've made bad choices. And yet, the resurrection says, there's nothing too wrong, Ben. I got you. I got you. Really, Lord? Really? Yeah. 
You know that shame that you've been carrying around all your life? It's gone. He's taken that. It's gone. It's gone. Let me give you the fifth benefit, guys. The fifth blessing. See, the one act, you go, what's that? That that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture and that he was buried and that he rose again? Guess what that does? That one act counteracts generations of enemy activities. It counteracts all of that. You understand, okay? Ready? Jesus is in the grave. Satan is not at rest. He's freaking out. Hey, uh, grave, you know, what's going on there? Is Jesus still there? Dude, he's still here. Chill out. Because he knows, he knows that the moment he saw light, the moment that Jesus resurrected, guys, all of the enemies, all the generations, of the enemy's activities is going to counteract. So he was tripping when Jesus came walking out of that grave. Foiled again, right? Guys, the enemy of your soul has held you in bondage for generations since the days of Adam. He has. But God released mankind from the power of darkness into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be in darkness anymore. You don't have to be in the waiting room of life, waiting for the other foot to drop, if you will. You don't have to be there anymore. You don't have to be there anymore. How about this? How about the sixth one? Ready? We are no longer in our sins. We're no longer in our sins. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, If Christ has not been raised, he says, Your faith is futile, and you're still in your sins. Do you realize if Jesus didn't rise from the grave, guess what? We're all a bunch of fools because we're here. We should be outside playing golf, doing whatever. He says, Oh, but Jesus did raise. He did rise from the grave. And he says, And because of that, check it out. You're no longer in your sins. You're not long, guys, listen to me. Get this. You're no longer trapped by your sins. You're free. You're free. Now, put on your thinking caps, right? This benefit us is that if we are in Christ, we receive the same declaration of favor and the same justification from God. Okay? In the first Adam, we lay condemned in our sins. The second Adam, Jesus, were raised up and justified. Do you realize that you are just as justified as the Apostle Paul? No, I'm not. That's St. Paul. No, you are. Because the same Jesus that lives in you lived in Paul. He's same justified. <gasps> You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You go, well, Ben, where's the hope? Well, let me give you the seventh blessing real quick. We have the Holy Spirit's power in our lives. We have hope. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead has now given us, given birth to new life. You see, the death, burial, and resurrection of us is into new life. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We're not having to depend on, on, on our conscience anymore, right? Is this wrong or not wrong? I'm not sure. The Holy Spirit says, nay, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. I got you. I got you. And the purpose, listen to me, the purpose so that you walk in the newness of life. 
Now, the enemy's agenda is to keep you in darkness. But Jesus says, no, 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 listen, here's your benefit. I rose from the grave so you can walk in the newness of life. In the newness of life. You know what that means? You ready? It means freedom. So, Santos, we have blessings, but we have freedom. You go, what kind of freedom? What kind of freedom? What do I need to be freed from? You ready? Number one, you could be, you need to be freedom. There, there's freedom from emptiness. Emptiness, guys. If you're feeling empty, you're not alone. Many of us feel empty in different ways. For instance, you might feel empty because there's something missing in your life. Many feel empty inside, but Jesus frees you from this. We don't want to admit it. We're not going, oh, I'm empty. No, no, no. But we know we are. I'll tell you why. Because you say, I keep, I find like I'm missing something. I don't feel like I'm fulfilled. I don't feel like I'm, help me church, satisfied. And he saves us, guys. He, 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 He frees us from all that emptiness. You go, what else? Well, he frees us from unforgiveness and guilt. See, guilt is a feeling that everyone is familiar with. And it can be described as a bothered conscience or a feeling of culpability of offenses. We feel guilty when we feel responsible for an action that we regret, knowing what we have done in this life and that we'll have to give an account. There's a lot of people, and maybe you're watching online, maybe you're here today and you feel guilty. The guilt is overwhelming. You don't know what to do. Jesus frees you from that guilt. He frees you from that, for that, for that unforgiveness too. Do you realize that when you and I purpose to forgive, that's when the healing starts? Can I let you on a little secret? That's hard. That's why I said purpose to forgive. Purpose. Okay, God, I'm going to do this. The Lord is also, guys, the resurrection has freed us from pain. A lot of us are suffering from emotional pain and even physical pain. And he's freed us. As a matter of fact, listen to Isaiah. We read it earlier, but here's what he says. Isaiah 53 verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Do you guys see that? That's physical healing right there. Whenever you pray, you can pray for physical healing based upon God's word. That's what that means. He's borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and he's carried our sorrows. Whenever I pray for somebody... I pray, Lord, you said we can pray for healing. You go, Ben, but I prayed, and my whatever it might be still died. But do you realize that's God's grace, and sometimes he, he saves us from physical pain? Now, we think of healing, man, pff, big time. You go from nothing, you go from pain, 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 to completely healed. I would love that. But sometimes the Lord says, you know what healing looks like? Joe, you know what healing looks like? I'm going to bring you home. It does. To the believer, when someone passes, and although it hurts, there's this unbelievable peace. You know how I know? Because I look at my neighbor who lost his wife, the one I talked about. I look at him, and, and he's got this peace. He's probably still hurting. He probably still cries himself to bed to sleep at night. I get it. Okay? I was talking to Nathalie about it, and I said, you know, he probably thinks his wife is going to come around the corner like she used to. It's, it's in his brain. 
but he has an unbelievable peace because he knows he's going to see her again. And he goes, okay, okay. You know what? Here's what the doctor said, that her cancer blew up inside her. You know what that means? God says, no, 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 I'm not going to have you live this way. Come home. That's love. That's love. Guys, let me just say this to you. The resurrection means this. It can be freedom from alcohol, anger, and anxiety. Physical things that keep us in bondage to them. Why? Jesus walked out of the tomb to set you free. Okay? Because he says, you're no longer a slave to these things. You're no longer a slave. Jesus didn't come out of the tomb going, okay, that's some of you, I don't know. The rest of you, good luck, you're on your own. He came out, he is fully God, and he said, you are set free. You are set free. You don't have to worry. But Ben, I still struggle with alcohol. I still struggle with anxiety. I still worry. I still um, anger. You should say my anger. Then we have to give it to the Lord. Say, Lord, you walked out of the tomb. You weren't angry. I want that. Did I, did I mention in my sermon the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you? Did I mention that? I did mention that, right? That's, what, that's where you get the help from. Pastor Raul Reese, he was so angry, and he got saved. But he would still get angry. And when he'd get angry at his wife, instead of beating her like he used to, he'd say, I'm going to walk around the block, and I'd pray. And he'd walk, and sometimes he'd walk three or four times. You guys understand that. But that was God working in it. And if you saw Pastor Rawl today, you would think that dude never heard a fly. He's just... That tells me there is a God. But see, he sets us free. He sets us free, guys. He sets us free from, from loneliness. Loneliness. Guys, loneliness is painful. And I rank loneliness up there with cancer. Loneliness hurts. You could be in a room full of people. You can have the biggest family in the world, and you could still be lonely. Guys, the words that have been used to describe this type of pain include hurt, sorrow, ache, sadness, depression, torn up, bleeding, broken. And clearly, the pain is one in which a lonely individual feels damaged as though some someone in their spirit was crushed it hurts to feel lonely and it hurts even more because we don't have anybody to share it with that's loneliness come on man snap out of it you no 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 jesus said listen you will never be lonely again because that emptiness that you feel that's alone I'm going to come inside and I'm going to fill that. You got to let me. Uh, listen, here's 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 what my God is. He's so he's such a gentleman, guys, that he's not gonna he's not gonna force his way into your heart. He's not. He's gonna say, "I want to come inside, but you have to let me. You have to let me." And here's what we do. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Oh. Instead of going, yes, Lord, I want all that you have for me. You see, because I've tried doing life my way, and I messed up. 
I tried doing life my way. I just... But I want to try doing life your way. I want to try life doing your way. Last one. Last one. Freedom from fear. He frees frees us, guys, from fear. From fear of what? Dying, we talked about, and fear of living. Those are the things the resurrection means to us. So I want to close. I want to close our Bible study like this. Okay? Listen to this. When God created fish, he spoke to the sea. When God created trees, he spoke to the earth. When God created you and me, he turned to himself and he said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. You go, Ben, what's the point? If you take a fish out of water, it'll die. When you remove a tree from its soil, it'll die. Likewise, when man is disconnected from God, he dies. God is our natural environment. We were created to live in his presence. We are to be connected to him because it's only in him that life exists. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the blessings and the freedom that you have for us. We thank you, Lord, as a church. We honor you. Lord, thank you. You've blessed us. You've saved us. You've given us life. You've you've given us peace and grace and mercy. Lord, the resurrection means everything to us as believers. I thank you for that. But Lord, I don't know if there's somebody here today that has not put their faith and trust in you. I don't know if there's somebody watching online that needs to say yes to you. That Lord, they've been living their life with happenstance and they've been hoping by chance. And maybe like me, Lord, they were hoping that their good would outweigh their bad. And Father, I want to give them an opportunity this glorious Sunday morning to receive you. Lord, I would pray that your Holy Spirit would be moving like never before. Because, Lord, we need you. We, like sheep, have all gone astray. We've walked away from you. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, maybe you're here today. And to be honest with you, you were tracking with me. And the one thing that came out of your heart and your mind is you going, Ben, I don't have a relationship with God. Not like that. I don't. You were talking about peace, Ben. And you were talking about joy. And you were talking about hope. Man, I just feel like I'm existing day to day. And then you were saying some stuff, but I got to be honest with you, Ben. I feel like I'm a million miles away from God right now. I came to church because it's Easter, but, but I need something. Listen, you may feel that way right now. You may feel like you're a million miles. You may feel like you messed up every which way, but you're also one decision away from coming to him. All you have to do is receive the one who died for you. 
All you have to do is open up your heart and say yes to him. And here's what God promises. He promises to come into your heart. He, come, he promises to come in and take away your sin, remove your guilt and shame, give you a new life and a new heart. And he promises to come back for you and take you to heaven when it's time. The problem is, is we sit here with pride and going, no, I don't want that, Lord. I oh, don't know. I just, oh. Instead of going, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that right now. I want to give my life to Jesus. How do I give my life to Jesus? In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity, an opportunity to do what? Guys, here's the, here's the beauty. Listen, I'm offering you eternal life and all the benefits that comes with it. You see, I don't think we have to describe hell and all what that's going to be like to get you to turn to God. Because look at all the benefits you're going to have. Look at all the blessings you're going to have. You don't have to worry about the negative. I've given you the positive. You go, well, Ben, what do I need to do? Well, in a moment, just, I just want you to lift up your hand. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I want to receive Jesus. I want to be right with him. I don't want to do life on my own anymore. I want God. And by you doing that, God's Holy Spirit is going to come inside you. He's going to forgive you. He's going to give you a new opportunity. That's what you got to do. But you got to be brave because here you are in church and you got to go, no, this is something I want to do. And other people might go, well, I thought you did that before. Well, don't worry about other people. It's between you and God. It's about him and the life that's going to, ch- that's going to change. I promise you, it's going to change. But you got to be willing to step out. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, those of you watching online, how many of you would say, Pastor, you were talking to me. I felt the Holy Spirit. I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. How many of you would say that? Would you just lift up your hand? God bless you. I see in the back. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else would say, Pastor, pray for me. I I want to be. God bless you, sister. Anyone else? Right now, it's between you. Listen, without the Lord, guys, without the Lord, where are you going to be? He's offering you eternal life on the cross. He said, come on. But you have to be willing to do that. Just lift up your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you, sister. I see you. Anyone else? Those of you watching online, I can't see you. But you can just lift up your hand right where you're at. God will see your heart. If you've lifted up your hand, guys, would you pray this prayer with me? Mean it with all of your heart. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Lord, I've sinned. I've committed trespasses. And I've actually did iniquities. I'm so sorry. But I truly believe that you died on the cross for me. And I truly believe that you were buried in that tomb. But Lord, something beautiful happened. On the third day, you resurrected. And you give me eternal life. And so I, I believe that, Lord. So I'm asking you, would you help me? Would you help me do life? Would you help me grow in you? Please, Lord, come into my... I give you my life. I give you my heart. Would you come into my life and be my God? Would you save me? Would you be my friend? Because I choose this day to follow you, Jesus. For forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.